Welcome to my show. I am your host and creative director, Courtney Fallon, here to host the Bad Signal Podcast. Yes, folks, we're still around. We're still here. I didn't walk a mile east. I didn't walk 88 miles west to western Massachusetts. We did not disappear. I am here. And guess what? I'm pissed off. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I am legitimately fucking mad because I get on Twitter. I've had probably one of the busiest weeks of my life, and we'll get into that. Uh, A lot of good news on this front. I got a new side gig with the Game Day NFL. I'm doing gambling content with them. Yes, gambling from a unique female perspective now has a platform. Um, I guess I'll just start off with, uh, with the new job. It's more or less a... Bleacher Report type concept, um, except they are highly tied with every single gambling outlet imaginable. All the gambling books online, you can go check out their website, thegameday.com. It all stemmed from this podcast. They found me because of the time and the effort that I poured into the Bad Signal podcast. Now, um, earlier this week, I had to let Will, my producer, go. And it was... Nah, it was, it was a pretty easy decision. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was weeks and weeks in the making. And when I tell you weeks and weeks in the making, there was a breaking point two weeks into him being here. And I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just going to leave it right there as a cliffhanger. Cause I'm going to bring in John from Scranton. So instead of having Will, who by the way, last week asked me and told me that he was going to take a week and a half off after he didn't post my show until Saturday at 2 p.m., my show did not go live. John, say what's up to the good people. What's up, everybody? I'm here for Will's defense. I'm going to be Will's defense attorney. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm not. No, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> We're I, here to tear Will apart. I, <laughs> I, I, did, I, hadn't, I didn't know where you were going with that, but I'm happy. Don't worry. Um, I, yeah, Will said that he was taking a week and a half off for Thanksgiving. He would be doing things remote. And I just said, you know what? Fuck it. Now is the time. And I fired him. And you know what he said? Okay, thanks. Yeah, I know this. Definitely. I saw this coming the whole time. I understand everything that you're saying. That probably was one of the most frustrating fucking things ever that I brought you in. And I, I I mean, listen, leaving AI best fucking decision I ever made. And you know, I hear we, that. Can go, we can go rehash that again and again. Cause I know Kirk tore into me by, you know, being a little candid, I, I, you know, in terms of, you know, taking advice from that episode of Kirk's podcast that I listened to all respect to the big wigs, all respect to that show. I'm going to fucking tear into will. And I'm sorry because <laughs> um, he was really ruining my life for the last couple of weeks and I have stories to tell. And John has been a part of this show is kind of jumping on and helping do the job that Will does that. I, by the way, I paid him. I paid mm. him. It wasn't a lot, but I did pay him. <sighs> yeah, it's just, um, it really was, it was difficult. I mean, listen, it's not the matter of the fact that I couldn't do a show by myself because Joy Taylor, who actually told me to fire him, by the mm. way, you know, Colin Coward's sidekick, who I told her, I just felt really bad. I was like, Joy, I, you know, I begged you to come on my show. She took the time. She rushed home from the gym and we did this whole interview and it didn't go up a, until a week later. And mm-hmm. I told her and she's like, sis, nah, nah, nah. You can mm-hmm. do this by yourself. So she told me really, she's like, fire this kid now. My parents told me to fire him. My friends told me to fire him. Like I didn't have the heart to do it, but you know, now is the right time. So I'm yeah. doing the show by myself. It's hard to find Someone else that can chime in. John doesn't know much about football or sports. <laughs> I played sports my whole life. I, I hate I hate professional sports. Like I I am a bad. I play basketball. I knew how to shoot with my left hand before I could before I could literally tell time, which I'm still not really that good at. But I could shoot a three with my left hand, and I'm a righty. So like I love sports, but I hate professional sports, man. I can't. You can watch play it. it but you <laughs> I can play can't. it, but I do not want. I don't care about guys throwing the ball around. But the, you, I always say you're passionate about it, so I don't. I can't keep up with you. You just know too much. Okay. <laughs> you embarrass me on that mic. <laughs> All right, so let's get right to it. Um, draft was on Wednesday. Danny Ainge failed us again, and man, we got so much previewing to do on Week 11 of the NFL that I don't even care to give him more than five minutes of my time because I said this a couple of weeks ago. 
on the episode with Devin McCourty, how in God's name can Danny Ainge ideally with the 37 draft picks that he's taken over the last three years, 37 picks, how could he have imaginably taken all three of those picks and not unpackage them up, move up? Uh, he did nothing once again. And guess what? Ennis Cantor just got traded to Portland. Gordon Hayward opted out of his contract. James Harden, uh, he wouldn't even touch Boston with a five-foot pole. I feel like Danny Ainge is just inviting James Harden to Boston because he wants to ruin, ruin the Brooklyn Nets forever. I mean, the 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 fanboy experience of the Celtics play, uh, Celtics fans on Twitter, the 300-level club, we'll call them. These kids have been championing this Celtics team for years. This is one of the best Celtics. Look what we did. We flipped Pierce and Garnett. And we flipped with the with the Nets and we got all of their first round draft picks and Danny Miracle and look what he's done. Oh my God. So now um, you have, I don't know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, who was a complete bust. Who turns down 34 racks? Like who turns down $34 million just to just to be an object on this on this Celtics roster? You drafted Marcus Smart. You want to tra trade him as a trade boy. I mean, these are the same kids that were having fist fights in the locker room before game six of the Eastern Conference Finals and got pantsed by the Miami Heat. You're going to bring in more bodies, just more average Joe bodies. Um, it, it's unbelievable. And the funniest thing, too, is the, the Miami Heat, a few picks after the Celtics, Got a guy that seems to be the perfect fit. This kid, Precious. I, I don't even know what his last name is. They got like the big man that the Celtics could have taken. And, you know, they picked a pure shooter and this. I am so tired of talking about this team. It's just, it's the misery. I, I don't want any of these Celtics fanboys to sit here and say that they believe in this franchise anymore. It's pathetic. And guess what? What happens when the Brooklyn Nets win a, win a championship before you? What happens when James Harden does go and he makes nice with Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, yeah, he left Boston after a year. Seems to be something in the water here. <laughs> Boston, coming to Boston and leaving a year later. So what is it? Is it the team? Is it the coach? Been reading a little bit on Gordon Hayward. Apparently he came in here and he was assumed and had a talk with Danny Ainge and he was talking with Brad Stevens and he had assumed that he would have a larger role in the offense and his role in the offense and, and just in the team in general was completely undermined. Okay. So does that come from the front office or does that come with, from Brad Stevens? I think that in a couple of years, we're going to start to realize that Brad Stevens, he ain't got the juice. He ain't got the juice to stand in a locker room and light a fire under a team's ass, which is what you have to do. When, when in a, in a winnable game, I mean, they would have got blown out to the Lakers in a winnable series with the heat. They had them on their toes. The talent is there. The chemistry is there. And then all of a sudden it's not. So congratulations to Danny Ainge for actually taking trading for more picks. I mean, bleep this guy. Seriously. I am. I'm done. I, you know, the, the Portland Red Claws are going to be world champions of the D league. For years and years to come. We've set that team up for uh, supreme excellence. Aye. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways, the NBA draft, it failed me. I couldn't care less. I fell asleep early. I checked my phone. That's all Celtics fans really need to know. Clay Thompson, what a blow to the Golden State Warriors. What a blow to the Golden State Warriors. Doing a workout. I don't, wherever he's working out, playing basketball, I think, you know, this is remarkable even to see in such a strange year. The NBA is going to kick off in a month and a half. Weren't we just watching the NBA finals? It's kind of awesome for basketball fans, but poor Clay Thompson. He was out all last season in the 2018 finals, I believe. Um, finals of late last year. He went down with an ACL tear, missed the entire season. Now he gets hit with an Achilles injury. I got to tell you, Steph can't win without Clay. Clay can't win without Steph. So if you're talking about a, a, a change in the powers that be in the Western Conference, 
you might have your answer right there because the window for championships to the Golden State Warriors, it's getting thin. I hate to tell you. Um, the Raptors, because Canada wants nothing to do with the United States. The Toronto Raptors are going to start their season in Tampa Bay, Florida. Oh, isn't that lovely? So Tampa Bay, in the last, mm, I don't know, year, they now have the 2019 NBA champions, the 2020 NHL champions, the 2020 AL champs, the Rays, and Tom fucking Brady. Congratulations. You're still in Florida. Your governor is still Governor Death DeSantis. I mean, enjoy your nice weather. I'm just going to sit here freezing my ass off. Congratulations. Apparently, that's the new title town. When did Tampa Bay or anyone in Florida deserve multiple championships? Uh, what's in the water there? I, I don't, I just, I listen, more power to them. It's kind of a shitty city. So, Boston over Tampa all day, every day. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, of course, this is the Bad Signal Podcast. This is a Friday. I am your host, Courtney Fallon. We didn't leave. We're still on the air. And we're going to get to some football talk. And I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm doing this solo, so um, bear with me here. If you think I'm boring, I'm sorry. <laughs> just fast forward to the parts where John from Scranton's going to come in. Um, the Patriots, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Texans this weekend. Huh. How do we preview this game? How do we preview this game? Well, uh, let's just talk about the team in general. That went over the Ravens. That was fantastic. Shocked the world. And I, a lot of people can say that they didn't see it coming, but maybe you kind of did see it coming. The Patriots, in all sense, when we step back from all of the criticism and all, all the nitpicking of the season, this is probably one of the most interesting and entertaining regular seasons in Patriots history. And when this path clears and the underdog finally figures everything out, which it seems as though the offense has kind of stayed steady since the second half of that Buffalo game, the defense stopped Lamar Jackson. I know that he hasn't been great in the last couple of weeks or even this last year, but they are grinding these games out. They're going back to elementary football and the style of play and executing and simple things at simple times, not turning the ball over, that is getting back to basics of New England Patriots football. And I kind of love everything about it. That game against the Ravens, albeit the weather was fucking terrible. They were riding a second-year guy in Damian Harris, and man, that kid stole the starting running back position right out of Sonny Michelle's hands, and he ain't giving it back. And he's running like a bat out of hell. And I love it. You're going to have to grind this kid to the ground because he had about 149 rushing yards. You know, nothing fancy. They just set up on the line. The offensive line is playing well. They're playing physical. They have that continuity there. Uh, you know, you're seeing one of the best offensive lines the Patriots have had for a long time. And they're getting physical. The offense they were getting physical after plays, before plays. Nikhil Harry, as worthless as he's been all season, he was actually making some blocks in that game. And the defense, they looked fast. They looked fast. They played faster. Elementary stuff, man. And you know what? I think, again, it comes down to coaching. And finally, Bill Belichick put the excuses away. He coached this team up. I mean, enough with, with the fucking media stuff, excuse me, but, uh, you know, stop crying to the media. You know, he's, he's letting a couple slip, and that's not good. So when it's all said and done, the Patriots are not going to make any more excuses. This town can't handle any more excuses. Oh, we can't practice. Oh, the salary cap. There's a talent gap. Look what you saw on Sunday. Finally. Finally. We're starting to close that gap on talent. And the young kids are starting to make plays. Maybe there's a promising future for the New England Patriots. Where is this going long-term? I don't think you can look that far. Because you have to look for right now. And right now, there is a chance that they could make a run. There is a small chance that the Patriots could make a run. Now, I will tell you this. 
do, do you really want them to make a run? Raise your hand in the room. If you want the Patriots to go nine and seven this season, what's the point of going nine and seven? What is the point? Tell me. So you can get a 16th first round pick. So Bill Belichick can strike out in free agency again and hold on to his monies like a little greedy monster that he is. What's going to happen? Are the Patriots going to actually bring in a real personnel guy so that Bill doesn't make mistakes? Is Bill going to give over the title of general manager? I don't think so. And I'm not saying that losing more games this season is going to be beneficial, but damn, it really could be beneficial to this team because they need drastic change. They need help on the offensive line. After Joe Tooney leaves, they got a couple of young kids. Can you rely on them? Um, talented wide receiver. Is this the end of the line for Julian Edelman? That is a huge question in my mind. Is this the end of the line for Julian Edelman? Man, I don't know. Um, Cam Newton, certainly in a couple of, um, uh, a couple of media promos and interviews and stuff, he kind of mentioned, and they were just writing Julian off. Um, and he said, no, 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 no. He really fancies him. He really, really, really likes him. They have a great rapport, which is great. And clearly Julian's stuck up for Cam and Cam stuck up for Julian. He says that he's in high spirits. How much are you going to get out of Julian Edelman this season? Is it even worth it? How much football does this kid have left? I mean, I, I just, to me, I just don't think Julian Edelman has that much football left in the tank. He's been, he's been abused. He's been abused. And even if he goes out this year or next year, damn hall of fame career, you know, hall of fame career, all-star locker room guy. But I, I just, I don't, I don't know if you can bank on Edelman being the other wide receiver. Jacoby Myers cannot be the only wide receiver on this team you're throwing the ball to. And that's a problem. Tight end investing in tight end. What happens to the defense is, is, is Dante Hightower coming back? What are you going to do about your aging secondary? Are you going to lose one or two of the McCordys in the off season? There are a lot of questions. And to be honest, they can't be answered. If, if you're going to, you know, make a nine and seven run and, and shit your pants in the playoffs, like in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, so you're stuck in NFL purgatory. So that's all I'm going to say about this Patriots team. I think that they're playing well. Again, I think the offense is really starting to play physical and to finish plays and continue that physicality through the plays. I think Camp Newton's starting to get the offense. I think Josh McDaniels, that was probably one of the best games against the Ravens that he's ever called against the Patriots. One of the best. And they, listen, they know how to play situational football and weather games. That's their MO. But at the same time, Josh McDaniels is starting to understand that he cannot mold, and I've said this so many times on this podcast, he cannot mold Cam Newton to be the next coming of Tom Brady. That's not who he is. So sick to the basics, fundamentals. If the Patriots don't turn the ball over, hey, they might make a nice run. Are they going to catch the Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills? I'm not quite sure. I don't think so. I, you know, listen, I'm hopefully optimistic, happily miserable. Isn't that what Julian Edelman says? All right, let's get to the game this weekend. They are playing the, the Houston Texans, Tennessee Texans, Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans. Patriots are a two and a half point favorite. My all-star of this game, JC Jackson. He a tarp undrafted free agent out of Maryland. He has intercepted a pass in five consecutive games. And if he intercepts one more pass, I think he ties uh, like a, a, a an NFL um, undrafted free agent rookie record or something. I know he's not a rookie. He's a third-year player. But, I mean, this guy's going to be expensive in the offseason. You want to talk about that? He's the, he's the cog of your defense. you got to pay that guy. Hey, continuing that conversation into our previews. Um, the Texans' defense, probably one of the worst in the NFL. But their offense... They're still potent. And I just kind of going back to some of these games that I've covered with Bill Belichick, 
talking about a team that might have a really shitty record, but you can't take away from the talent. Going back to that game that years back when they were playing the Colts and Peyton Manning was out and they were 0-11. And someone asked if you could get, you know, if if you're going to take off, if this game matters less to you. He's like, I'm playing Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. Well, yeah, you're playing Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb. They have some of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL, and they are deep threats. Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks at making explosive plays. You can't get fooled by him. He can manipulate defenses. He can move the chains with his legs. Um, I, I just think that this game is rather interesting because you have to really now rely. The spotlight is on that Patriots pass rush attacking the right side of the Texans line. They've allowed 26 quarterback pressures in the last three or four games. The right side of that offensive line really going to be looking for Josh Uche out of Michigan, rookie linebacker. And of course, Chase Winovich, one of the, one of the better Patriots pass rushers um, to really show up on paper. Uh, I, I think the Patriots take this one. I'm going to take them with the points. I think that they're going to win. Um, by over three for the rest of the week's picks john do you want to join me throw in a couple yeah i will i not talk a little bit about it okay all right yeah no i like i like it don't let's let's talk picks. okay the first game this week the titans and the ravens baltimore is a five point favorite man i find this one really super interesting derrick henry ran for 195 yards the last time he played baltimore in the playoffs they just got steamrolled by the Patriots. We're talking about the Ravens here. Um, but they did, although they did stop the run in the late in the fourth quarter, they did kind of finally figure it out. The Ravens are without one of their top nose tackles, Brandon Williams, and without him on the field. According to some stats online, opposing teams have averaged 165 yards rushing. Um, I just, I really can't see... The Ravens point. I know they're five point favorites here, but it's in Baltimore. I think the Titans, they've kind of showed me that they're more or less pretenders, but what they've had 10 days off. They played last Thursday night, 10 days to prepare for the Baltimore Ravens. That is in the playbook. Remember Mike Vrabel. He, I mean, he, he played under Bill Belichick. He's in his coaching tree. Okay. John Robinson in Belichick's coaching tree. I think that I'm going to take the upset here. I'm going to take the Titans with the points. I'm a yeah. I'm a for, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, so I will never bet against the Ravens ever because they just always give us a game. Always, always, always. So like, I will never bet. I will. I'm taking the Ravens there. I I will always take the Ravens because you're a Pittsburgh fan, so you won't bet. I I won't. The well, it's because I I can never. Eric, you know they're like, hated rivals, right? Oh yeah, but what I'm saying is it's always a good game. It's all like whenever okay. Pittsburgh and so like I will never bet against the Ravens because they never I'm on the edge of my seat every time I watch Pittsburgh uh, Baltimore. Always. Okay. So all I'll right. put them up against. It's like my team. I'll put them up against anybody. Okay. Because you know, they are a rival. All right. Chiefs and Raiders. Ooh, this is the first primetime game. This is a fascinating matchup, man. Primetime game. Kansas City is a six and a half point favor. First of all, I got to just throw this out there. Are the Raiders the most polarizing, idiotic team when it comes to COVID in the NFL? Uh, seriously, their entire defense is quarantined right now because of a COVID scare. And why am I not surprised? Because John Gruden just doesn't give a fuck. They have been fined over a million dollars so far this year. Gruden fine twice, not wearing masks on social media, gatherings close by. Trent Brown, used to play for the Patriots, got COVID, walking very closely to a number of different players, not wearing his monitoring mask. I mean, I am not surprised. That is one concern that I would have with this game. I'm betting against the Raiders. But outside of that, you know, they're, they showed me last week I bet against them. Yeah, okay. They're kind of a legit team. But the last time that they played the Chiefs at Arrowhead and they beat them, um, apparently they really irritated 
everyone inside that stadium because after they won, their buses took two laps. <laughs> who I want to know who called out for this. They took two laps around Arrowhead Stadium, like honking the horns. And Andy Reid was pissed. The bus driver, like throwing jabs at the Chiefs. What a jackass move. <laughs> Like, I I, like that honestly, move. you like that move? I like that. That's like trashy. I like that move. Dude, that is literally like, <laughs> honestly, literally like it throws me back. Yeah. Like throws me back to high school. Like, yeah, I had a crazy, I had a crazy bus driver in high school. He got kicked out of a basketball game before by the refs. Like I've had those crazy bus drivers. Sometimes they get real passionate. They get um, really into it. I'm just, that really throws me back to like if high school soccer, if we say we like, we were top ranked in the state. And we lost to Woburn, like the trash. No, I'm not going to say anything about anyone from went from Woburn. But we, you know, we always just knocked them for being um, lower on the pay grade scale than us. And they were a little, they were a little rough around the edges. White collar versus blue collar. Oh man, if a bunch of if a bunch of Woburn chicks were haunted, oh my god, I I, I just <laughs> if they is, were beefing, this is bringing up a lot. Oh, I know. This is like wow. This is really digging up a lot, a lot of memories. Uh, let's let's take a pass on that. All right. So the Raiders offense, um, they're running the ball better. Derek Carr is throwing better. But listen, this is when it comes down to it, two, six, and three teams this is going to be an aerial attack. It's going to be a high-scoring game. 56 and a half is the over-under. I would take the over, to be honest. Um, and you know what's really remarkable to me is that the Kansas city chiefs are one of the only teams in the NFL. And you see this a lot. Like when, when the Patriots gave, Oh no. When the Browns gave Jamie Collins, like a $52 million contract. And then he just, he just disappeared. A lot of times these NFL players, you give them boatloads of money and they just, they just kneel down. Like they don't do anything. They took the time and they, by they, I'm meaning the chiefs front office. They took the time to make sure that their guys got paid this offseason. Patrick Mahomes, half a billion dollars. Chris Jones, big, big money. $100 million contract, mostly guaranteed money. He's still one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. And Travis Kelsey, we write off Travis Kelsey. Like, oh, Travis Kelsey, just Travis Kelsey. He's having a career year, at least for himself. I... So more power to the Chiefs for literally just cakewalking through this season. Everyone else seems to be having mega struggles, and they're still killing it. So I'm going to take – I think that this is going to be a close game. I'm going to take the Chiefs' money line here because I do think that the Raiders are going to cover it. So the spread is six and a half. What do you think, John? So I'm definitely taking the over on this. That's the easiest over. Oh, bet. yeah. So over. I know ever, a lot – I know somebody that has uh, – Mahomes for their quarterback in fantasy and they said he he has won that person a game just on like a Sunday night game like three or four times so like uh, yeah, you just I, have I, to bet you have to always bet on Patrick Mahomes he's a freak of nature I'm yeah, hitting I, me over on him every day okay all right yeah. so yeah use money line lock it up the over on this game it's in prime time all right Monday night football Ooh, we're here for a party it's the Rams at the Bucks. man this is a big one and by the way, last night I had the Seahawks winning, and I'm not going to lie to you when I say on my picks because last Thursday night I had the Titans winning and the Colts won, so I knocked that one in the, in the, in the loss column. But this game, I bet against the Rams on Sunday, and I lost. They're taking, are, are they still kind of one of those teams that becomes and builds trust? I think, yeah, that's kind of like, uh, you know, at this point of the season. At this point of the season, week 11, week 12, you got to start picking games based on the teams that really build you trust. Can you trust them to go out against Tampa Bay and, and put up a solid game? I think I'm starting to do that with the LA Rams, but Tampa Bay, who is a three and a half point favorite when they're right, they can do bad things to just about anyone. And you can't look past in this game. The one caveat is although Tom Brady's like eight, one and one or something in primetime games and, you know, Monday night football games, the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Bucks have sucked in primetime. I think they're one and two. Um, they played absolutely miserably. So 
you got to have that in mind when you're betting in this game. Lights are going to be on, um, but all of the all of the attention is going to really be on. It's going to be on that Rams defense, that secondary. Jalen Ramsey just seems to cover guys like white on rice. What he did against DK Metcalf a couple weeks ago was phenomenal. He just took him out of his game. You know, can he do that to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski? No. So I even said this in my daily fantasy ultimate team, DraftKings team for the new company, the game day. I said, take Rob Gronkowski, take a flyer on this guy. I think he's going to have a big game. I think Gronk's going to have a big game because it's going to go back to that basics. I feel like he hasn't had a breakout game yet with Tom Brady and everyone else is going to be double covered. Gronk's going to be wide open. He's still a freak of nature. I saw him break a couple tackles last Sunday. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, he might be 31 and semi-retire, but, you know, he's still the monster that he is. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks in this game. I'm going to. Um, I still think the Rams are going to put up a solid game. The over-under is 48. Um, I would, I would take the under. I would take the under on this one. Um, I know that's pretty low, but I think that this is going to be a defensive battle, defensive fronts against other defensive fronts. And, um, I think that the Bucks are going to sneak out because Tom Brady still got that juice. I, you know, it's funny because once you point something out to him, you know, Hey, you really sucked in prime time this year. I feel like he's going to figure it out. So I'm taking bucks. Bucks point. Yeah, I this is the biggest trap game in the world. I think everybody's going to think Tom Brady's going to get shown up in showtime, and I think this is a Tom Brady classic. He's just going to go out there and sling. But yeah. I don't I don't know. I would take the over. I never trust a 48, but I don't know. Not anymore. I don't know anymore. So I would, I would stay away from this game and throw like $10 on it going to overtime or something. This would be my lottery pick for the week because this game is a trap. It's like yeah. last night's game. You wanted to stay the hell away from that game. I know. I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't touch last night. You couldn't game touch last. It's, it's too close. Yeah. Hell yeah. Falcons at the saints. This is another really interesting game. So everyone thought that Jameis Winston was going to take over poor Drew Brees punctured lung, five cracked ribs. He just got put on injured reserve available after three weeks. Everyone thought Jameis Winston is the guy. Jameis Winston is the guy. Well, guess what? Jameis Winston still sucks. Breaking fucking news. Jameis Winston has not looked like the quarterback. Not really. The, I mean, okay. Has he looked any better this year? Sure, maybe. He's just looked the same guy, and that's not the guy that Sean Payton wants in his offense. He does not look ready. He can't just be so laissez-faire and throwing the ball around He's going to be bombs away like it was in Tampa. It's just, that's not the style of play that, you know, that Sean Payton's going to allow for his team. And I trust Sean Payton more than anything. Um, this is a guy, I, and it's so funny because I was thinking about this and I go, I bet you they're going to start Taysom Hill. I said this in the offseason, and I'm not sure I even had a podcast. No, I don't think I had a podcast then. But a lot of people from Taysom Hill's camp, which, by the way, he's only had 20 passing attempts in the NFL period. He's coming on special teams and all, all that stuff, specialty situation. A lot of people in his camp believe that Taysom Hill has the quality and the ability to start, be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And they've been working on this for years. Good for Taysom Hill. I feel like this is, this is must-see TV. I know that Raheem Morris has been championing this Falcons team. My God, they're going to be better than ever. We're going to shock the world. Maybe, maybe I'll take a flyer on the Falcons. I don't know. I'm looking at this game. New Orleans is a five-point favorite. Um, Atlanta is seven and one against the spread in the last eight row games. Um, I'm going to take the Falcons in this one to upset, but I think that the uh, the Saints will cover. I don't know. Remember, that's still Matt Ryan. I, I have too much upheaval on that Saints offense. I feel like if Taysom Hill makes a mistake, Jameis Winston's going to be in. Diana Rossini's calling that Jameis is not going to be a part of that offensive scheme at all. Too much of a mess. Too much of a mess. I think the Falcons take this one over a division rival, but the Saints will cover. What, do you what think? was the under over on this one? Do you, do you have it? What was it? 51? 
Yeah. Uh, I would probably, I'm probably going to go with the Saints in that one. Okay. I like the All Saints. Right. I like okay. the Saints, and I don't trust the Falcons. I never will trust that team, so uh, especially to throw money on. They're, they're um, too risky. Volatile. I don't know. I'm going to take a chance and take the Falcons. Take Eagle them. at Browns, man. I went off. This was hysterical. I made a video on Sunday about how, how much Carson Wentz sucks and how much he just – I just ripped down everything on that team that's wrong with him. Here's a guy you just paid about $128 million to. He has not only put up one of the worst offensive performances this year, he's been sacked the most in the NFL. He has the most interceptions of all quarterbacks in the NFL. The Eagles have had 21 different starters on that team, including offensive line, gutted at wide receiver. You had guys like Nelson Aguilar that left. Zach Ertz is not it. He can't play. Peterson can't coach. This is the end of the line for Howie Roseman. That entire team is playing weak, uninspired football. It is misery in action. And sadly, they lead the NFC East. Um, That Eagles offense is so fucking boring. They got a guy named Jalen Hurts, who they drafted in the second round out of Oklahoma. Hey, remember that guy? Start bringing that kid off the bench. I I mean, Eagles fans, if you guys want to, like, endure all the sadness, uh, you know, that Carson Wentz is going to bring you more power to you. Browns, Browns, Browns all day. Three-point favorites. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I'm from Pennsylvania, so, like, it's either Eagles or Steelers here. The Eagles, you said, like, if they want to endure that struggle. They have been enduring struggle. They're they're fine with it. They're fine with it, and they're going to run with it. So, But I'm going Browns. I hate the Eagles, man. I I (laughs) I hate them. I hate that organization. I just, you know what? It's not that I'm rooting for them to continue sucking, but when your head coach is going on, radio show appearances and he's starting to vent on people on the radio and start mm. criticizing people. Oh, that it's is a mess. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, you got to think about the firestorm that's happening inside the walls. I of heard, that I heard that they haven't played a game with their full starting lineup yet. The Eagles. Yeah. And that, that, it, yeah. And that it might come like it might, if playoffs ever happen, which if regulate regulation was the thing in the NFL, the whole NFC East could just go, <laughs> it yeah. could just go. But yeah. like, if, if they do make it around playoff season, that's when those players would be coming back from those injuries. But it's crazy to think they haven't played a full game with a, a starting lineup, but that's the Eagles for you. That's you're an Eagles matter. fan. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. You're still going to matter. What the fuck does it matter? Try I feel Eagles, like the I feel like, yeah, try Eagles Flood. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like the winner out of the a- NFC East is going to be like the Washington football team. You know? It's going to be one of the first few times where there's a, a someone going to the playoffs with a losing record. They can have a losing record and go to the playoffs, which no, it hasn't no, happened a lot. No, well, so the NFC NFC West used to be like that. I remember a year that the Seahawks won uh, the division at 7-9 and nine and went made the postseason. Did it? Because I remember when the Steelers played the Cardinals, they were – I believe they might have had an either a 50-50 record or a 500 record, excuse me, or it was a losing record too. But I just remember that too. But I know it hasn't happened a lot. It's just an insane thing to happen. Yeah, I agree. You know? All right, let's move through the rest of this because John, we gotta, we gotta. Um, I, I need to make sure that I'm not losing any juice. Losing <laughs> yeah, any don't lose juice. that juice. I can't lose that juice. Might run across the store to the liquor store. <laughs> go grab some more juice. Okay, go grab some juice. I feel like OJ in this bitch. <laughs> I'm wearing my Biggie sweatshirt, by the way, because yeah. I was sitting here and I was just angry. I'm trying you to know? feel hard right now. I'm trying <laughs> to feel just really. I'm trying to go really hard in the paint right now. <laughs> let's and, go. Uh, power yeah. dribble, dunk. Let's go. All right, let's power through the rest of these games because they're the most uninteresting games on the slate. Packers at Colts. Packers are seven and two. Frank Reich and Philip Rivers getting hot at the right time. Man, that really is a team to be reckoned with. I don't know how far Phillip Rivers can take this team, though. Um, Green Bay's defense, you really can't trust them. Um, but they are in into Indianapolis. They're inside a dome. I'm learning to trust Green Bay week in, week out. I feel like that team has just got a lot of juice. And they're playing comfortably. It's like, it's like they're skating to the postseason. 
I'm taking the Packers in this one. Cowboys at Vikings. Minnesota is a seven-point favorite. Uh, the Vikings are averaging 424 yards per game at home. And that is all from Dalvin Cook. Now, playing against the Cowboys defense, that's depleted. I think you know where I'm going here. I think that this is a game where you're going to have the backup Alexander Madison. He's going to be getting a bunch of snaps. Start putting Dalvin Cook on a pitch count because you're going to need him to run into that NFC wildcard slot. Remember, they're in the same division as the Packers. So Vikings with the points here. And, um, you know, Mike Zimmer, one of the better coaching performances that he's had as a coach. Jets at the Chargers. Jesus, what do I have to say? Chargers are nine and a half point favorites. Justin Herbert is going to pants Adam Gase in his own house. I mean, they're going to be at SoFi Field, and Adam Gase is going to go home crying and scratching his head. I mean, there's just no way. There's no way. Chargers with the points. Dolphins at the Broncos. Miami is a three-point favorite. They are in mile high on the road. Tua Tungavailoa can become the fifth AFC quarterback to win his first four career games since Drew Brees did it, Big Ben did it, Trevor Simeon, and Patrick Mahomes. I'm riding with the hot hand here. This kid's got it. Miami's on a roll. They're the real deal. Miami with the points. Bengals at Washington. Interesting spread. Washington is a one-point favorite. I think Joe Burrow bounces back, has a massive game. Three, 400 yards passing. T. Higgins is his number one target. That is my hot play for fantasy this week. I know that Alex Smith has come back. He had a decent game. He had a bunch of garbage time moments with that game in the Lions. I'm going to take the Bengals with the upset here. I think that they're finally going to have some sort of a game where they can, you know, show the NFL that they're somewhat the real deal. And the Steelers at the Jags. I, here's the thing. Pittsburgh is a 10.5-point favorite. I would take Steelers' money line on this one. I'm not touching that spread. I think you know what I mean. Uh, the Jags, that kid, Jake Luton, he has the ability to really put up points in garbage time. So a couple garbage time games there, but it's not going to be a garbage time week. Yo, Miami is a freak of nature of a they team, man. Really- of nature Can like I, I, I was looking at the scores of like their games and it's like when they win like they'll lose and they'll lose by a little bit but when they win they're winning by like 20 20 points no, they're so covering they have this the highest points differential in the i know NFL. i know that's what we were looking because we were we were i was on a podcast the other day trying to discuss like how like is miami what they really are set to be like and yeah. that's that's what i brought up i'm like if you look yeah. at their points for to points against they're scoring just as much yeah. as everybody in their defense everyone knows about that and this is sponsored by Welcome Funny James Boxes. That's right. We got a sponsor on the Bad Signal podcast. And this is actually one I'm super passionate about. Um, if a lot of you know me, you know that I, I'm a workout fanatic. I eat healthy. I really am all about the holistic uh, things in life. And this really struck me close to the heart because Healthy snacks are something that I always focus on. But listen, like you go to Whole Foods and you're looking at these holistic organic bars and they're expensive. They're like five bucks a piece. Well, this puts all of those snacks in one box. And not only can you order for yourself, but you can order it for loved ones, for gifting. Do you have someone in your family that has food allergies? Your girlfriend's on a keto diet. Do you know any vegans? Bunny James Boxes is your gifting solution this holiday season. Go to their website, bunnyjamesboxes.com. Find a gift box. Man, it took me so long to actually figure out which box that I wanted. You can get small boxes, medium boxes, deluxe boxes of anything. Gluten-free, nut-free, keto, anything that you can think of. It is a customized box to the diet of your choice that is special to someone no more gross chocolates, pears, and popcorn. Bunny James sells healthy and delicious products from small mission-based brands, i.e. all of those brands that you see in Whole Foods. I mean, these are brands that you know. These are brands that you have seen and you know. Listen, they make healthy gift boxes for humans. Yeah, humans, not dogs, okay? <laughs> With specialty diets, allergies, and food tribes. 
They provide two to three day shipping that is free if you use our promo code BADSIGNAL15. BADSIGNAL15, you get 15% off at checkout. What an amazing gift. Go on their website today, bunnyjamesboxes.com. You're helping us, you're helping your favorite podcast, and you're helping the friends and family that you're sending it to because it's delicious and fantastic. And there's a lot more to come from this. Goodbye. I'm ready to go off. <laughs> I think that I've been criticized in the past for being too nice. And I think that's been something that I've been dealing with for my whole life. Listen, I grew up, I was bullied and it really made me who I was. So um, kind of having the benefit of the doubt or giving people the benefit of the doubt has always been part of my character. Really reaching out and caring about people has always been in my character taking them under their wing and whether or not they work for me or they're my colleague, I always keep an eye on them and make sure that they are living right and well. This was hard for me. Um, Will approached me through someone on the Minifan network, Kermy. I was, since we're just going all, all. Shout out to all, Kermy. Shout out, yeah, Kermy. Shout out to Kermy. <laughs> he, he right. gave you, he gave you what he thought was the best idea. Right. So little kid, by the way, I didn't, I had no idea that Kerm was 19 years old. I had like long lengthy conversations about exes with Kerm in DM. <laughs> like, He's a 40 year old man length. trapped in a 19 year old body. No, but like, body, I don't know. I just said he, really he was at my age. He was 33. And there, everyone like, the, the, once I started get, becoming friends with like Garbage Munchkin and you, they're like, man, that's the best kid. I'm like, kid? What are you talking about? Holy I just found shit. out he was a young boy. I just found out he was a young boy just recently. So don't worry. Oh, man. Let's get <laughs> don't back worry. We to all got top. played. We all got played by Kermy. So Kermy suggests Will Blazer for my producer. And credit to him, he really just kind of put the pedal to the metal. Had an idea, said, we're going to start a podcast or, you know, if you have this idea. And I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I have the money now. And let's just do it. Let's go. Um, let's roll with it. And when I first started talking to Will, it was like, it was like 72 hours of nonstop. And once we like really the first 24 hours, it was like, all right, I got this website. I got this. I ordered the GoDaddy, all that stuff. Um, he tells me, he's like, thank you so much. You know, I'm going to move down to Boston for this. And I was like, uh, what? Uh, you sure about that? Oh yeah. I'm going to move down to Boston. I'm living in my parents' basement. They want me to get out of there. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just letting you know that your salary is going to be based on the success of the podcast and how well you work and how much that this really takes off. Because again, he had equity in the show. He had equity in the show. I did pay him, by the way. Paid him 75 bucks a week. That's 300 a month. I'm sorry. I struggle to pay my own fucking bills, okay? I just got a job that allows me to actually live comfortably, okay? So I have this show and I have the game day show that I just got hired for, okay? I came to the decision Monday after mm, weeks of considering this. And when I mean weeks, I mean we're 10 episodes in. By week two, I was ready to fire his ass. I was ready to fucking fire his ass. And I went on a rant and I destroyed him because he did not post my show, did not finish, disappeared, told me that he had to leave early on the show to go to the Barstool Sportsbook in, in Philadelphia to go gamble. That's six hours from here. This kid was nowhere to be fucking seen called me at 9.30 in the morning, 9.30 on a Saturday, at 9.30, hey, what's up? You know, I've got a, we interviewed Mike Golick Jr. He goes, hey, hey boss, what's up? I just want to let you know that I'm going to upload the rest of the interview to the YouTube page and blah, blah, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to upload the Gojo interview. <laughs> Who calls Mike Golick Jr. Gojo? He goes, I'm going to cut the Gojo interview in this. And I was like, dude, are you on drugs? Are, are you fucked up right now? 
Like you can't fool someone who's been there, done that. I'm 33, I've been to college, okay? You're living college 2.0. This is not come to Boston and live with your fucking like prep school friends. And don't even give me that bullshit. I went to Cornell. Here was the last straw with me. By the way, that weekend was the beginning. I texted Kirk Minahan and this is exactly what I said because that was about the time that I hired John, you, on the pod. Yep. Because I was having a nervous breakdown. You have to understand the circumstances. I left my job, my nothing job. I mean, it wasn't even a fucking job at EEI. I devoted and got so much press and I devoted my life to this podcast to developing the podcast, to, to building a dream. And yeah, there's like bumps and, and nicks and turns and all that stuff. This kid was single-handedly ruining my fucking career. He, he took my job and his job was, I presented, his job was to condense and put out. And he did none of that. He did the bare minimum and none. And when I say that, I say that passionately. So this was about the time that I texted Kirk Minahan. And I'm going to, um, I literally, I, 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 it was the following week that I actually had vertigo because of uh, how bad the uh, anxiety was. I'm dead serious. So I said, I'm firing Will, two steps away from letting him go. He said, that bad? What's up? No drive, showing up an hour and a half late, irritated when I ask him to cut clips, doesn't make clips right, does the bare minimum, the worst he's taken off on both weekends on vendors, drain fried. And by the way, after that weekend, he was like a fucking puppet. Demanded that he watch, he was bitching about going out to go shoot photos. I was like, hey, I want to do a photo shoot. Bitching that I wanted to take photos because his brain was fried, he had nothing in the tank, and, I, and he was like crying about watching the Bills game on a Monday night. I was like, motherfucker, get outside right now. Like, I'm asking you to, to take a photo of me. Attitude, attitude constantly. He didn't even finish uploading the shows before he drove to three casinos this weekend. I asked what happened. He said, don't get mad. He was just traveling. Two weeks into a new job. Second week in a row, this has happened. I got mad, explained. He said he was sorry. He's mad at himself. It won't happen again. That's just the beginning. The forgiveness, I was, um, it really took a lot for me to forgive him. And I listened and it, I mean, I'm very stubborn. I'm stubborn as hell. And it's somehow I let him stay. I let him stay and I forgave it. And we continued on the way. And he was living with a couple of friends and then he decides to go live in a motel with no money. <sighs> okay, um, with no money. He was he's living in a hotel and I forgave him, which was really hard for me to do. I'm a very stubborn person, but I mean, when I'm at the point where like physically, I'm having health issues because of the anxiety that was literally shaking through my body because this kid was destroying my show. I mean, outside of a few things, it was, you know, we cut clips, we this, simple things, simple things. Can you follow this time code and this? I don't understand. No, I can't do that. Hey, we set up um, a call screen thing. We're gonna start taking calls. Oh, it's way too difficult. Oh, it costs $5 to set up the phone thing? Just fucking ask me. Like, I pay for your parking. I took this kid grocery shopping. I made sure that he was as well as he could be. I tried. I really fucking tried. And the last straw for me really was just the sense of entitlement. The sense of entitlement that Will had on, it just after one of our good shows, I asked him to do creative things. The creativity died. It was like, what time do I have to come in and what time do I have to leave? And that was it. I swear to God. It was, what time do you have to come in? I have gambling picks for the weekend. These are my takes, which were terrible fucking takes, by the way. And I let him really take over the part of my show. I don't regret that. I gave him a voice. He had a, a massive opportunity for himself and 
the way that he reacted, at least after a couple of weekends ago, John, do you want to chime in here now? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, so of- here's the deal. Like, we, I'm here basically because I wanted to help Will. I wanted to do everything I could to help Will. Fucking, I was doing it free of charge, Courtney. You know that. Like, I was here to help Will. I, I have a sales background. I have a radio sales background. You I know can, advertising. You can cut promos. I could cut you promos. I could do virtually anything job. he does. I'm, I'm basically at this point doing his job for him. But he, uh, he, he was given a lot of chances. Like, he was given a big chance for a kid right out of school, but he went to an Ivy League school, so he should be able to handle it. He's twenty six like years old, getting He's a master's. First of all, bullshit. I want to see. I want to see your diploma. There is no fucking way that he went to Cornell. And I'm sorry, there's no way that he's got a master's at Cornell. Do you know how many times, oh, this was great. I said, hey, I want just like cool graphics, which if you look at our podcast page, John has made cool ass graphics that move and, you know, top to bottom that cover the screen. I said, can you make a graphic for me? Oh, that's so easy. Do you know how easy that is? Do you know how easy? I have a master's at Cornell. Okay, I, I finally, so, I was like, if it's so easy, fucking do it. Stop saying that you're going to do something and you won't do it. I don't think that there was any point in this time of his two months of him living in Boston or moving here that he actually put in 12 hours of work. Because before he moved here, John, do you know what he said to me? Oh, boss, I'm so grateful. I'm going to be working 80 hours a week. I said, 80 hours a week? What are you talking about? I'm not making a, a show every day. Like, we're taking this easy. I'm going to be working 80 hours a week for you. I pro- like, yo. It, it was, it came down to the point of hard work. This is a business, man. This is a business. We are trying to make This is money. my life, though. Yeah, That's the thing. Is, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, and I'm not trying to get emotional here because from, the, okay, listen, the fact that Will kind of forced the issue for me to start my own podcast. They did, they did a good job in the beginning. This, he did a great job in the beginning. That's why I jumped to on to help you guys. It allowed me to create content. We got crazy like listens at the beginning. I thanks stood to up. the Kirk I Minahan stood. show and Kirk Minahan himself and his followers. And I'm so grateful for that. Like yeah. I never, I never asked for any of that. And anyone that just follows the show, I'm just, I'm really grateful. And I, I want to do well and I want to do right by people. But it, that was, that was few and far between, man. Yeah, it just I I don't I don't know how else to say it that Mm -hmm. I was on the point of a meltdown multiple times and and, and a meltdown. I think it it was just it comes down to it was a toxic relationship for you guys. The first thing happened did not become fun. Yeah, it became it became a job of a a fucking desk. I did not. I was not excited. Yep, I was not excited to like for Mondays. No, when definitely. You would call me, you would call me and not want to do it. And that's, and I, and you know, I stood up for Will even then. Like I told you like, Will can do it. Will can do it. Will can do it. And we gave him the chances and he didn't show up to the plate and he's a young kid and maybe he'll, he'll, he'll get a bunch more chances at like, he's a fool. If he thinks it, this no, is his only chance, uh, a bunch more chances. He but gets not, not no from more. A, like, it he was gets- no more from, yeah. No, he gets no more chances yeah. because he doesn't create opportunities for himself. Okay. Yeah, that's that's true. He does it's... not create any opportunities for himself. He was presented with an opportunity to come down to Boston and I told him, listen, hustle your ass up. You say you're great at photos. Um, be an Uber Eats driver. Go yeah. and uh, you know, put an ad out and go and take photos of people. Get a hundred bucks here or there. Why don't you go and um, you know, side produce for some of the radio stations anything you can there was nothing that he did to help himself okay and what i'm telling you was the sense of entitlement really fucking killed me john so there was one episode that you've seen probably you've seen warden of the north made a video for us and Mm -hmm. i was in the middle of a rant and i said for all intents and purposes and he said intensive i said intensive he said it's all intensive purposes Okay, and I was like, all right, Cornell. He did that like <laughs> multiple times, like correcting me, and he was fucking wrong. Okay. I don't have an Ivy League education, but I'm 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 AP classes across the board, you know? Like, don't fucking like he literally had that entire sense of entitlement. And when he made that video, 
I was with you, John, for that mm-hmm. one night that I came out yeah. for a, a marketing thing, a market yeah. night in Scranton a couple weeks ago. And he calls me the next day. He's like, hey, Cordy, what, you sleeping on couches now? I was like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. What am I, sleeping on couches now? What are you talking about? Are you, like, that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then he proceeds, as I'm on speakerphone with John, he says, oh, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, you liked that clip? Yeah, I sent that clip to the guy, and he was taking credit for things that John was doing for him. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. I did that, and I did this. And then he comes in the next day with a fucking attitude. The attitude and the sense of entitlement that he carried, I just was like, yo, where you're coming from right now and the effort that you're putting into your job on the daily is pathetic. And I wish him well. And every time, excuse me, every time that he would come in here and I would take a jab on him at the podcast, he was like, well, you know, you know, I'm a really nice guy. I'm a nice guy, you know, uh, you know, like you can say all this, but like, I'm just a nice person, you know, mm-hmm. like I might be fat and lazy, but I'm a nice person. Why does that fucking matter, man? It's going to take you nowhere. Do your life. fucking job. I, I'm the, sorry. Here's my deal. Yeah. Like a lot of people might be mad at us. Cause like, Will's my guy. And like, we're first of all, no one's mad at us. No one's, no mad. one's, no one's really no that one's, mad. I, I'm reading the replies on, on it, on Twitter. And everyone is not surprised. And mm-hmm. here's the here's the worst part, and I'm sorry that it's taking me like 15 minutes to tell you, but the worst part of all of this is that when I called him and I told him that he was fired, by the way, I told him to come in at 3.30. He said, can I come in at four on Monday? He said, we need to talk. Great. I'm waiting. It's four o'clock. He goes, hey, can I come in at six? I have a psychiatrist appointment. At 4.30, I was like, that doesn't work for me. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I called him and I just said it. And he was like, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. He just took it. He took it. He didn't even argue. He had an interview that we recorded on Monday. He posted it a week fucking later. He posted my Friday show at on Saturday at 2 o'clock. He would disappear. Uh, l- let, me just, let me just read a... a you know, a, a, a clip from one of the minifans, and it nailed it. I said, I let him go. He said, let me guess. He slept till one o'clock, would go dark on you and just not respond, make up excuses, but never follow through, was totally lazy and a complete liar. Yep. Uh, there's nothing else to say. I'm sorry. Will, I wish you the best. I told him, I said, you know, maybe this career and all this stuff is not for you. Um, I hope the Miami Dolphins win the AFC East. <laughs> I mean, I went, I went on here and I like, and listen, I think Will deserves nothing for this podcast. He didn't do a good job for it. We, I asked Will to get me, when you were up in Scranton, I asked Will, go get me 15 names of businesses for advertising ideas. I didn't give one fucking name. Like, I am, I'm doing his job the whole time he was here. I'm here to bash him for that because he should have worked harder. Will's my brother, but guess what, buddy? Should have worked harder on this job. I got told by a lot of people, maybe this job isn't for you. Maybe it isn't for you, but, like, we work hard on this job, and we're not going to have somebody who isn't able to keep up. So that's why you got rid of him. Do I want Will gone? Uh, yeah, I thought he was terrible for this podcast. It was a cancer for you in the whole podcast. So it it's just, it, 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 yeah. he didn't do a good job. Like, yo, it might have been his living situation. He wasn't getting paid anything because he didn't hustle to make money. I made the show. But more I mean, money that's than all. Has you understand? That's all I could afford. Like three hundred a month. It doesn't matter what you could afford. The fact is, he's getting paid to do a job that some people do for free and would be fucking blessed to have. It doesn't matter if it's 15 fucking cents. It, you, now you're a paid professional at that job, so fucking do your job. And go make more money. You could go, this podcast could make $2 million tomorrow, but you got to go fucking make $2 million yourself. It's not well, like it's just going to come and fucking slap you in the face. Me and you have been working hard to make fucking $10, let alone $10 million, yeah. you know? and that's And that's not something Will was able to keep up with, and he's gone because of that. And that's yeah. that. I, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I no, have- you could tell you physically don't like you physically couldn't handle Will. So it's it's a it's a good partnership. It, it wasn't a good partnership, and it's gone. 
and we're gonna. No, fucking... you understand? Like I literally physically was feeling sick. I because... stood up. I stood up to Kirk Minahan for Will. Like, if anyone questions like me wanting Will to succeed here, go fuck yourself. Because I'll stand up to fucking anyone to try to help Will. But guess what? He didn't succeed here, so he needs to get out. You know, <laughs> like that's that's that. That's so that. you gave uh, him every chance possible too. I mean, sorry, he he didn't do a good job. I did, and um. I, love that. I think we'll leave it at that, but you know, I think the best part about all of this is, oh, this was the best part. First of all, you see this microphone, this is an AT220. I bought this microphone and uh, I completely forgot that I bought this mic stand as well. So as he's packing up all of his shit that was all over my room and um, started to leave, but after I called him, he came here and he refused to look me in the face and, um, he uh, he said like, "Hey, oh wow, you can you can keep this mic stand." What I realized like days later, like I bought this mic stand. <laughs> like, oh, you're trying to tell me like, oh, you can keep it. I bought the mic stand. I bought the microphone, and I had to buy all of the equipment after he left. So that's really why I struggled to. Courtney, we got a sponsor what I though. To do we got a sponsor? We have a, we have a great sponsor. We let's go up. we finally got a sponsor we got a sponsor we got sponsors 10 sponsor. episodes later fuck you motherfuckers we got one bitch <laughs> like we got one <laughs> we got one. <laughs> oh god should i go check yeah. if, my, if my uh my yeah go check is? go check go check we should have done a live like Instagram. i could not foresee this thing happening to you